Baptism from the sermon series, Faith Foundations, spoken by Pastor Doug Cho. Romans 6, 1-11, dead to sin, alive in Christ. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism and into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who had died has been set free from sin. Now we died with Christ. We believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin. Once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Aiden. That was really good, my brother. Isn't it like so crazy that um, our youth can declare like such universal cosmic truth, you know, when they read the word of God, you know, that's, I think that's so amazing. And we have the privilege of witnessing the baptism of these beautiful uh, sons and daughters here with us today. The incredible, uh, I just hope that you're excited. I hope that you're like at least three times more excited than the World Cup. You know what I mean? At least three times more excited. But I hope that you know that this is a beautiful reminder of God's saving work through his son, Jesus Christ. And for today's word, we're actually going to continue our Faith Foundation series and talk about what baptism is. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait. Whoa. I'm confused. Wait, Andy, what, what what, what are you confused about, my friend? I mean, like, what is baptism? Oh. Uh, personally speaking, these two, my beautiful, beautiful younger brothers, pretty sure they haven't taken a bath in days. And so with that being said, why are we dunking people's heads in a bathtub? Well, how fortuitous of you (laughs) to ask such questions today for today's sermon. You see, if I had told your young inquisitive minds that if you just flipped open the Bible and you looked at it, you'd find all the answers about baptism, then I'd be lying. You see, even though baptism is referenced all throughout scripture, like in Matthew 3, none of them exactly explain how baptism came about. So Aiden, I need you to help me. Can you read Matthew 3 for us? Okay. Matthew 3, 1 through 7, John the Baptist prepares the way. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judah and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is who has spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locust and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judah and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. 
But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Amen. Let's give it up for Aiden. It's really good. Let's pray together. Um, mm. I want us to take a second to just appreciate kind of like the chatter that we have going on in this room. For me, that's a sign of life in our church. It's a sign that we truly are a church family, that this is not just about, you know, our own faith by ourselves as a single unit, but we truly are together as one, intimately. And so when you hear the chatter of children, I hope that brings you joy because it's a good thing. Our children who are going to lead us in faith in the future. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come that this service may honor you, King Jesus, just as these these beautiful youth honored you, King Jesus. That God, as we listen to your word, as we declare our faith in you, Lord, that you would do a powerful work in each and every single person, no matter where they are in their life, Lord God. That, Lord, that there would be no one who could dare say they are too experienced in the Christian walk, Lord God. Father, I pray over jaded hearts today, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that the baptismal waters would soften those hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name. That, God, that they would be rocked to their core, listening to your word afresh, Lord, that their eyes would be set on fire when they hear your scripture, when they look at it, God. And that, Lord, when they look towards you, Father, we pray, God, for a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit. Yeah. So we commit this service to you. All God's people said, amen. As Aiden wonderfully read, John the Baptist, cool guy, cool guy. He was on camel before any of us were on camel. Come on. He was baptizing people before Jesus, before Jesus gave the Great Commission. You see, John's mission, John's divine mission from God was to prepare the way for Jesus. That was his calling. So what he was doing was he was baptizing people into repentance in anticipation for Jesus. So then we have these people called Pharisees and Sadducees that come, and these are like high-ranking religious elite people. They're very self-righteous. They think they have it all together. And then John says, you brood of vipers. Can you say that with me? You brood of vipers. I just made you all swear in biblical terms. You see, you brood of vipers, that is like a really, really offensive, it's calling them sons of snakes. See, kids, don't raise your hand, but I want you to look at me. Have you ever heard your parents curse? Don't out, don't out your family. Have you ever heard that? Because mommy and daddy get stressed out sometimes, right? Okay. <laughs> They get stressed out, it happens, you know, it slips out. But kids, have you ever heard your grandparents curse? 
No, never heard. You see, this is like grandparents. You see, one time, I kid you not, this is a true story. I saw about, maybe they were in their 70s, two 70-year-old men, and they were getting into an altercation with each other. They were speaking in Korean, but this is the translation. One of them, he threw his cane, and he said, I'm going to whoop your butt so bad that when it's raining, dust is going to come off your clothes. That's what he said to the other guy. And the other guy was so offended by that. He was like, oh, you know, and then they, they like attacked each other. But that is what John is doing here. John is challenging these people. You see, the reason why John is swearing at the Pharisees and Sadducees is they did not quite understand the repentance that they were being baptized for. See, they felt righteous. They felt like they had it all. They felt like they didn't need God. They didn't need a savior, a messiah. They felt like their works were good enough to satisfy this. I'm a good person. I'm fine. John said, you brood of vipers, do not know what this baptism is for. Who warned you? That is his question. Who warned you? You see, baptism is actually a very Jewish thing. It comes from this term called tevela. Can you say that with me? Tevela. Tevela. Yeah. Tevela means immersion. And that's why we do a full body immersion in water. They call the water mikvah. Mikvah. And the reason why this water is so special is interesting. This is, a, this is like a fun fact for you. In Jewish baptism, you need to have water that's sourced from a natural place, like a river. That's why they do all their baptism outside or in, in uh, natural bodies of water because they call mikvah living water. They call it living water. So John is upset. Who warned you? This is for the ones who know that the Messiah is coming. This is for the ones that know the Messiah is coming. Wait, so baptism is like a spiritual bath to be clean, basically? Daniel, not really, but thank you for asking. See, baptism for the Christ follower in the name of Jesus is recognizing and publicly declaring that we've been transformed by Jesus. So it's not exactly just the bath. See, and I also need to note, when you get baptized is not when you receive the Holy Spirit. When do you receive the Holy Spirit? Does anyone know? You receive the Holy Spirit from the moment you believe. So this is not about receiving the Holy Spirit or not. This is a public declaration of your faith. This is a work to honor God's work, God, Jesus' sacrifice in your life. See, there's a guy, he's, he's like a Bible nerd, he's a theologian. His name is J.I. Packer. And he called this a name and a claim. A name and a claim. See, when you get baptized, you proclaim the name of Jesus. But his name comes with a claim. And that claim is that he was the son of God. He was sent by the father. He died for our sins. And he was resurrected to life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Just like when we read in Romans 6, 4 to 5. I'm going to read that again for you. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that 
Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have new life. For if we have been united with him in, this, in, in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like Excuse his. Excuse me? Oh, hi, Noel. What's up? But why does there need to be death in order to have new life? <sighs> what a profound question. Noel, can you ask that question one more time? Is that okay? Why does there need to be death in order to have new life? <sighs> it's like... Someone gave you that question. <laughs> what a profound question that is. See, Noel, unfortunately for us, there is sin in the world and bad things happen. Sometimes people do bad things. And God, the God we worship and adore, is so perfectly just and so perfectly good he cannot let anything that belongs to sin go unpunished. But, but, God loves his people so much that while we were still sinners, while we were still enemies of God, he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us on the cross. His love and his judgment come with the cross. Just like in Romans 6, 6, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. All our sin is put on the cross, amen? All our sin, today's sin, tomorrow's sin, all of our sin, the old is gone. The old is gone and the new is being put on us as we speak, as we live. We share in that death, meaning we share in new life with Christ. And that is how God brings us into his family, adopted into sonship, Amen. as we would read. And then that's why sometimes we give testimonies during baptism, because we want to share our transformation story. This is why confirmation is so important. So I have a question for the youth here. Who has been baptized as a baby? Oh, if you don't know, ask your parents. If you don't know, ask your parents. Some of, okay, some of you, okay, there we go. How many of you have been confirmed? Ooh, so we need to do some confirmation. See, confirmation is like a completion of your baptism work. So do it. Do it, share your testimony. Share the power of Christ in your life. Like for me, my testimony, when I was a kid, I didn't have a great relationship with my dad because he didn't have a good relationship with his dad. And because of that, we fought a lot and we did bad things to each other. And I looked for so many different ways to fill this hole that I had inside of my heart because I wanted to prove that I had value. So I used people, I lied to my friends, I did crazy things so that I could feel accepted. But when I first truly met Jesus, do you know what Jesus said to me? Someone asked me, what did Jesus say to you? What did Jesus say to you? He told me he was proud of me. He told me, he told me he was proud of me all along and that he knew that I had gone through so much and that he knew I was just trying my best. Sin has a way of getting us off track, amen? 
Sin has a way of getting us off track, yeah? And he told me that if I give my life to him, he will not just transform me, but everything around me in the ways that I could never imagine. And he kept his promise. And that's news worth celebrating. Pass the dog, pass the dog. Whoa. That's really deep. And I don't know if my question is profound as the last one, but is it really worth celebrating baptism? Is it really worth celebrating baptism? Yes. Yes, this is going to seem like a tangent, but it's not related. I want to share with you all one of my favorite psalms. And you know what? If you want to meditate through this psalm with me, because we don't have the screens, that's fine. You can close your eyes. You can just let God resonate over you. Just listen to this psalm. This is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Right here. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is the one who guides me, who leads me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. A lot of times we think green pastures is like rolling fields of grass everywhere. Don't imagine that. I want you to imagine, right? Because Israel has rolling fields, but the area that David knew was very dry. The greenery was much more patchy. It was scarce. And usually to go to water, you had to go down a ravine or a cliff to find water, to find quiet. You see, the thing is, the actual focus of this psalm is not you, it's the shepherd. So when you focus on this psalm, when you think about this psalm right now, focus on the shepherd. Because the sheep would never find this pasture, nor this small pool of water, if it were not for the shepherd who leads the sheep down the path from gusty winds. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so when you imagine this part of the verse, in the darkness, what you see is, I hope you see the back of the shepherd leading you through. And the darkness isn't so bad as long as the shepherd is in view. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. This is a strange scene, but again, it's about God. Eating at a table is a very vulnerable position. You're seated and you're supposed to be relaxed. But God is so big that no enemy dare attack you at this moment because he is with you. He is the one preparing this table for you. And you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Oil is a sign of the presence of God. And when God is present, we lack nothing. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, sometimes when we read the Bible, sometimes we forget the story is actually about God. Sometimes we forget that all this, all this is pointing to God. Even when it's a word for us as God's people, it's a word that speaks about God. This is all scripture. The one who leads you to the green pasture when you're lost or when you're burnt out. The one who comes as a quiet whisper. The mighty warrior who sings over you. The mother hen who defends you. The one who encourages you. The one who rebukes you. The one who loves you. The one who sacrifices for you. Who claims you as his own. The word and our testimonies. All of this is part of God's great story. It points to God. These baptisms, they point to God. They give God glory. So is baptism really worth celebrating? Yes. Because baptism points to God. 
and he deserves being celebrated. When we watch a baptism, we are the lucky ones. The viewers, we are the lucky ones who get to taste the faith of two children who have met Christ and have put their faith in him and want to live as part of his family. And we continue to see more of God's story unfold right before us. So I hope when you witness baptism, you're reminded of the great love that brought you back to life. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Father God, I just want to thank you, Lord, for this time. And I want to praise your name. I want to lift you up right now because this is about you, Lord. These sacraments, they're about you, God. And we thank you for this time. We thank you for our children, Lord, who inspire us, who guide us. Lord, sometimes they lead us. You are good, Lord. The way you use your people, oh, you are good, God. So we praise your name. Let's just praise him right now. Just praise him on your own. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your power, God, for your glory, for your intimacy, for being Emmanuel, Lord. And we praise your name. We praise your name because we, not, we could not praise you enough. You are worthy, Lord. You are truly worthy. So, Father, we lift your name up on high today. And as a people, as your people, we proclaim this as true. All God's people said, amen.